Welcome to. <laughs> this is what I got for volunteering to introduce us. Oh Welcome to. Yeah, can you breathe okay? <laughs> no. I've actually been very short of breath because I have a cold. Welcome to Wrestling Witch Face, your one stop haunt for all things spooky, bitchy, and more. Remember in the first couple of episodes when you never could remember the name of our podcast? Well, I was gonna actually, I refrained from calling it Resting Call Me By Your Name Face, <laughs> but I really wanted to. Which is now what this podcast is about, this whether is you like it or not. simply just gonna veer out of ghost stories into Call Me By Your Name fan fiction <laughs> that we are going to read, out, original fan fiction we're gonna read out loud to you. It'll yes. all involve various fruits, fruits. <laughs> filled with bodily fluids. There's a peach over there on that Is counter. there really? Should I fuck it? Yeah, please do. <laughs> um... <laughs> Yeah, I have a hot tip for everyone, actually. <laughs> I'm just making myself laugh. I'm trying to move on. Yeah, please please do. I have a hot tip. If you're trying to stalk Army Hammer and Timothy Chalamet, who are currently on tour. What, what did you just say? Did, Timothy Chalamet is how okay. it's pronounced. I've watched interviews where he okay, pronounced okay. it. <laughs> you just were swallowing your words a little bit, or at least I'm still warm. I was just aroused. Timothy um, Chalamet. Timothy Chalamet. Sounds They're, like a fine wine. <laughs> That's what he fucking is. Yeah, he really is. Um, they're on tour for the film right now. And if you're having trouble stalking them as I was because they never update their Instagrams, Army Hammer's wife posts Instagram stories all day long. So oh. check out Elizabeth Chambers. She'll give you all the updates you need. Should we move on to what our podcast is actually about? Or Fine. <laughs> Says the person who's reading Call Me By Your Name and also just proudly announced that she watched it again yesterday. By yourself again? No, I went. No, it was with people. Oh, were you? The other, the other people that were watching the movie in the theater with you? Is that who you went with? I went with a friend, but thank you. You're welcome. Um, I believe we both have some, hey, that scared the shit out of me this yes, week. Yes, we do. Are we jumping right into that? Is that okay? Yeah, let's do okay. it. You go first. Ladies <laughs> first. Jumping right into it after we've just talked about Call Me By Your Name for the first five minutes of this podcast. Um, yeah, I'll go first. This is one that I've been meaning to talk about for a while, but I keep forgetting. Um, this was actually a Christmas present from my dear roommate, Ben. Mm -hmm. um, and when I say present, it's questionable as to whether this item was a gift or not. Um, it's definitely a, a some sort of gift. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So when I came home one day in December, um, I did find my shower curtain had been replaced in our bathroom that, mm -hmm. that my apartment shares um, and now features an much, much larger than life sized portrait of Jeff Goldblum holding a monkey. Sure does. Um, and it's it's so hard to describe. You you really need to see it. And I I will definitely put this on our Instagram. You have to, because it's it is alarming. It is it's shocking. Yes. To say the least, which is why I have to say, <sighs> hey, that scared the <laughs> shit out of me. Because half the time I'm walking by the the bathroom, the way that the shower is placed in relation to the bathroom mirror, it's like I just see his kind of like eye in the in the reflection on the mirror as I'm walking by, and I'm just like, who the fuck is that? Yeah. And it's Jeff Goldblum, as always, in a turtleneck. <laughs> um, and then, additionally, when you're showering, it's 
the the portrait is is very dark against um the light backdrop of of the inner shower curtain so you can just see the, his entire figure mm. and i'm just and, it, and his eye level is just right where my boobs at and i just feel like he's staring at me the entire time it's kind of like the mona lisa his eyes it, just follow mm-hmm. you whether inside the shower outside the it's shower just like that it is a masterpiece in its own right it is you're asking could i take it down yes will i probably not nor should you i mean i think it's it is a choice mm-hmm. the choice has been made yes not Might by, as well not see it by me not but, by you but, but you know what made. And I'm not one to, to throw Jeff Goldblum out of my home. No, nor should he be. No one should be. No, he's a national treasure. Exactly. Um, so as I mentioned, I think a couple of weeks ago, in terms of New Year's resolutions, I've been trying to watch new things on my right. various um, to watch streaming platforms. TV. Yes. And one of the ways I've been doing it is if I see a movie on Netflix or whatnot and I think, oh, that's something I like to watch at some point. Mm-hmm. I just watch it. I literally just like click it. I'm like, boop, it's time. Because mm-hmm. obviously I am, if I'm watching, if I'm scrolling through Netflix, I have at least a few hours on my hand. Got it. Okay. So, multiple hands. Um, mm-hmm. So I had the pleasure or the rather di- displeasure of watching, I think probably what is perhaps maybe, and this is a bold statement, the worst movie I've ever seen. Wow. And like, not like, Okay, obviously something like The Room right. is the worst movie ever made or like Plan 9 from Outer Space. But the but best worst. Best worst. Like you at least have some sort of joy and amusement. Yes. Um, actually, the first time I saw The Room was with you. Oh, when we yeah. went to that screening at yes. our unnamed to me. college that we went to. Oh, yeah. We've never mentioned it. I don't know why. No, well, let's let's keep it up. Yeah, it's a mystery. It is. Uh, no, this was just a bad movie. Um, uh-huh. It's on Netflix. It's called The Open House. Okay. Starring Never heard of it. Dylan Minette. Is that his last name from 13 Reasons Why? Oh, I've seen. Okay. Okay. Yes, I've seen it. It is there. so bad. And it's bad in the sense, and I'm going to get to the point where it actually like freaks me out. Starts off as kind of this like slow burner, like, oh, it's about this mother and her son and the, his father, like her husband dies and they have to like move into this house, but it's like being still shown on the market. Mm-hmm. So they have to like vacate whenever there's an open house and you, and like, they're always kind of like creepy people around mm-hmm. anything like, Oh, this is going to be turned into some sort of like cult. Like I was like, I was like all attending that. I was ready for it, but spoiler. Cause don't watch it. It just yeah. turns into like a home invasion, okay. which thriller. And so everything that you're like, Oh, it's going to go this way. It's, they just completely drop all of that in the third act. Oh, um, cool. So just lazy writing, lazy, really lazy, really lazy writing. Mm-hmm. And then proceeds some of the most disturbing scenes I've ever seen. Really? Just like unnecessary shots of people's fingers being broken. Nope. And it's one thing if you see like one and you're like, ooh, gross. But I don't need to see every single finger on each hand oh be God. broken one at a time. No, not unless I'm watching Saw 4. Which I was in which, not. No, in which case you're <laughs> like choosing to watch something like that. Mm-hmm. And it just just scenes of like up close shots of people being like punched in the face and strangled. And it just became like really gross and like unnecessary. And it, I guess it didn't like necessarily like scare me in the sense where I was like, like, like a good, good scare. It was like, I'm really grossed out. Why did you make this? And, and you why- were frightened that you'd spent two hours of your yes, life on it. Yes. And why did the, f- and it was like a 90 minute movie where like the first 45 minutes, they keep like going down to check the fucking pilot light. Cause they're like, oh. Ooh, the shower's cold. And you're thinking, Oh, well something's going to happen. Nope. It just, 
the pilot light kept going out. So just like in life, no ghosts showed up in this film and you were incredibly disappointed. Exactly. And it just, it fucking sucked. And I I realized that could have been just my complaint of the week, but I have a bigger complaint. Oh, good. I mean, of course you do. And because like, but I will say it's linger with me because I keep thinking about this gross ass movie. Right. And I don't feel like you could adequately complain about this movie because you have seen it. (laughs) Ding, ding, ding. (laughs) You got me on that one. Um, Biggest regret, 2K18. Seriously. Um, Okay, so don't watch that film. Don't. Netflix, I feel like, is kind of just like throwing their cards everywhere at this point and just kind of seeing where they land and trying everything. And not everything's going to be a hit. Well, and I mean, that's the understatement of the year. I mean, there there are plenty of films I've seen to be like, there were so many people involved in this. Why didn't someone say something? Yeah, that's a great question. And the thing is, I think also what sucked is that this movie had some sort of potential, but they, I feel like they were like, it's kind of... when you have a twist in a film or if a film takes a hard left turn, you want it to be in the realm of plausibility or at least like there was some sort of Mm -hmm. purpose to it. Not just like, Oh, just kidding. That, that, that first hour that you were like bored out of your mind because you were waiting for something to happen. Yeah. Nothing, none of that's actually going to play out. Instead, we're going to give you this unresolved ending and we're going to see the two main characters get brutally murdered. And then you're just going to get to like, be like, bye. It also kind of sounds like the twist was more boring than what you were hoping it was going to be. Yes. Which is really not the way you want to go. No. Cool. Perfect. Great. Um, well, do we want to move right along to our, our bitches this yeah, week? Yeah, lay it on me. For those of you who don't know, we're just going to talk about some ladies that we think are cool and awesome because the rest of our podcast is going to be about death, murder, and darkness. Hashtag feminism. <laughs> So I want to give a quick shout out this week to um, a gal named Karina Longworth, who runs the podcast. You must remember this. I've been meaning to listen to this podcast. Yes. I mean, so. like, I don't I'm not the first person who's telling you about this podcast. No. I'm, I'm sure it's a very well known. Um, but I started listening to it pretty recently. And I just think she is so cool and well spoken and intelligent. And she has. She's been a film critic for a very long time, has written for a ton of publications like uh, New York Magazine and Slate and the Daily Beast and Huffington Post and Village Voice and blah, blah, blah. She's incredibly um, well-spoken and well-written. And she has this really, really well-made podcast. Like if you want to hear what a a real podcast sounds like that's actually (laughs) produced and incredibly thoroughly researched – Um, Her podcast, You Must Remember This, kind of tells um, forgotten or kind of untold stories of old Hollywood. Um, And she does it kind of in different seasons. And right now she's on a season focusing on uh, Bela Lugosi and Boris Karloff, who are the original Dracula and Frankenstein. Mm -hmm. Um, Very cool. Yeah, it's very cool. So it's all about like old horror movies and monsters. And And this is the podcast that did the like four or five parter on Charles Manson, right? Um, Yes, exactly. Um, Yeah, I've heard great things about it. So yeah, I'll I'll have to check it out. Yeah. And it's it's kind of she'll do a whole season on one thing. So she goes incredibly in depth and uh, she tells she does all the research, tells the whole story herself. Amazing. It's, It's great. Doesn't rely on Wikipedia to do the research for her. I mean, she might actually go to like a library or something. Oh, so. whew, that sounds exhausting. Um, my baddest bitches of the week are going right out there to Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlin, the stars yes. of Grace and Frankie on Netflix. Yes, Queen. Speaking of Netflix, 
I'm only going to talk about Netflix this episode. Great. Um, what else is new? So Grace and Frankie is a TV show, quote unquote TV show. It's a Netflix show that came out, I think, the first season aired in 2015 and mm-hmm. just released their fourth season. And it was a show that I'd heard good things about and I'd seen they'd been nominated for Golden Globes and shit. And I was kind of like, eh, I don't know if I want to watch a half hour comedy about like old people. <laughs> but I was proven wrong and I was forced. We're I here for ages to watch. y'all. Yes. <laughs> I was forced to watch it. It's the same creator as Friends. Oh, really? Fact. Mm-hmm. And cool. it's so funny and they're both so fucking good in it. And the, the premise is Jane Fonda who plays Grace and Lily Tomlin, who plays Frankie, are both married to their respective husbands, played by Sam Watterson and Martin Sheen. Mm-hmm. And they are kind of like opposites. Grace is kind of this like uptight, kind of yuppie person, and Frankie is this more like hippie chick. And they find out that their husbands are having an affair with one another. Okay. So they move into their like they like had shared the speech house, the two couples, and they move into the beach house and wackiness ensues. And of it's, kind of, it's like a family dramedy. And you see how they respond to this and how their husbands, former husbands, you know, move on with their lives and their, how their children react. And then it just eventually once the dust settles, it just becomes this like amazing kind of character driven comedy. And they're both just so fucking good and are really polar opposites in a lot of ways, but really, really compatible. And you see this like friendship grow and, like, like Jane Fonda is 80 years old and Lily Tomlin is yeah. 78 and they oh look un- incredible. She looks crazy good. Yeah. And they both, they both play characters in like, they're both supposed to be in like their early seventies. Yeah. And I looked at them and I was like, Oh, just like shaved off a decade. Cause you can, when you look that good. That's amazing. And Grace is everything I want to be when I grow up. She's never not drinking a martini. Good. Good Which is her. how I strive to be. Yeah. I'm angry. I don't I mean, forget that right night now. cream and get yourself that hourly martini. Yeah. Who amazing. needs a liver? Exactly. Um, so today is a very special day of the podcast because we have an esteemed guest star do. who is going to be telling the story this week. I'm thrilled. Me we too. didn't have to do any research. Which we did is not. The best part that is, and also because he comes to the wealth of knowledge of the occult and probably knows knows more about the horror genre than anyone. Honestly, yeah. I know. So welcome. Andrew Marco. Hello. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Bailey and I now have the pleasure of sharing a microphone. And we are touching everywhere. Yeah, we are touching side butts. We're touching legs. This may be the most intimate we've ever been. Yes, it so, is. And he's going to start calling me by his name. So. Nope, still gay. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you, Andrew, so much for coming. Pleasure to be here today. We are really happy to have you here. Um, true or false, when we were in college... You directed a Friday the 13th musical and wrote. Yeah, more importantly wrote. That Grant and I both starred in. This is true. You brought the house down every night. We did. And Hell yes, Andrew. Not only was it a Friday the 13th musical, it was a parody of it. So it had scares and laughs, just like this podcast. And dancing trees. Yes, we haven't had an 11 Which o'clock number. with on this it, podcast. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, the, the, what was it? The 11 o'clock number was the... Bitch, bitch, don't go in bitch, there. Bitch, don't go in there. Oh, my God. How could we have not seen? the podcast. Yes, this was clearly the birthplace of resting witch face. <laughs> it was when I played a, a tree and yes, sang. Yes, you did. Our <laughs> mouths are so close right now. <laughs> Just kiss me. I know you want to. It's like college all over again. <laughs> um, also true or false. You wrote an entire scene that I had to be in a bra. And then I said, Andrew, what if you didn't put that online? And then you put it on YouTube. 
I plead the fifth on this one. <laughs> well, you were wearing a bra and a crop top. You were not. No, I was wearing a bra. In what scene? The strip. Monopoly. Monopoly, Monopoly scene. I never saw that scene. <laughs> okay, well, it's on YouTube. Please don't look it up. I was too busy, like, taking shots in the costume shop. Not really. <laughs> I didn't do that until I got to Carousel Music Theater. <laughs> anyway, Andrew is here for a purpose today, and it's yeah. not to hear us fight over this microphone and almost make out. So it is fun. Can you please let us know what story you'll be telling us this week? Absolutely. So, as I believe was mentioned earlier, I do know far too much about movies, and I know a lot about movie urban legends as well. So, yes, I can't come today with a story about movies. We're all Good. fans of movies here, we and are. there's a lot of weird stories about movies in history. It's actually a rabbit hole. I do not recommend you going down on the internet typing in urban legends on movies because... You'll be lost for years. Don't tell me what I can't do. Absolutely. <laughs> Actually, please, please tell me what you're telling me what to do with my life. Tell me what to do not with my life because I need help. Oh, yeah. All right. So the Podcast yeah. is a cry for us. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, I come to you today with some stories from Hollywood movies that are a little spooky, a little creepy, a little true, a little false. We'll see. Okay. So my first one today, I know Bailey's heard this story before, comes from uh, everyone's favorite movie, The Wizard of Oz. I mean, speak for Wait, yourself. I love this movie. Do you not? It's fine. I'll just speak it's for Grant. It's fine. What do you mean it's fine? It is It is a national on, treasure. Oh, my God. I'm, who am I sitting next to? <laughs> who am I sitting on top of? Yeah. Sorry, we're screaming. <laughs> Overcompensating, sharing this mic by literally shrieking. So, Grant, as a big fan of The Wizard of Oz, I'm sure yes. you know of the Munchkin suicide. I, I am aware. Great. Well, let me fill our listeners in a little bit. Please do. So... For anyone who's seen The Wizard of Oz, which is everyone, there are many reprises of, we're off to see The Wizard. I don't know if we can have music on here. But uh, once they've acquired... We'll auto-tune <laughs> Thank you, please. Uh, once they acquire the Tin Man into their group, they're in the woods, Dorothy, the Tin Man, the Scarecrow, going on the yellow brick road to see The Wizard. We know that. In the background of this scene, so they say, is... A figure, an, a UFO, some object of some kind. It better be a UFO. <laughs> if, only, if only. If uh, only. Is hanging in the background, swinging in the background. And the myth is as such that it's one of the Munchkin actors who either was lovelorn, had an unrequited love, and decided to end it on screen, or was fired from the film, or was not hired from the film. Not sure how he got on set, but it is a Munchkin hanging himself on camera. So has that been confirmed? Because I feel like when you watch the video, that's truly what it looks like to me. So I watched several, again, this is another rabbit hole. I watched several videos, theories, debunkings on this today. Sometimes I think it's been edited. Sometimes it might be a bird. It's unclear. It really depends who is doing it and who, what they want you to believe. Because I've seen it and it looks exactly like a munchkin hanging and then other times it just looks like a bird. Okay, watch the video for yourselves, everyone, and please let us know your thoughts. Yeah, I need to. I need to see this one again. But it's, it's uh, from my recollection, though, it's better than those recordings that we've also mentioned before, where they're like, "Listen to this ghost," and you hear like, and they're like, clearly he's saying, "Danny, help me." <laughs> yes, precisely. Precisely. <laughs> yes, I, I think it's quite interesting, though, if you watch the clip that the actors, Dorothy, Julie, Judy Garland, I know we have a fan here. Uh, okay. They're all Understatement. looking right at this body. So I don't know why no one called cut. I don't know how it ended up in the film, but 
just one of those legends we all love. Hell yeah, we do. Let's move on to the next yeah, one. Let's move on to another let's one. R- roll on through them. What do we think? Have you seen the film Three Men and a Baby? Of course. I haven't. But no? No. No. Oh, wow. <laughs> I know this story better than I know the movie. No, uh, Ted Danson fans. You want to tell me what Sorry. Three Men and a Baby is about? Or is the plot It's in about the title? Three Men and a Baby. Oh. That's, that's honestly basically, that's right. it. Yes. Well, this involves one of the three men, Ted Danson. And um, I guess there's a scene in this movie where Ted Danson and some elderly woman, elderly chick, are uh, walking through a house with the baby. And it's kind of a nice steady cam shot panning through this house. And as they walk by a window, there is a figure in the window. Oh. And just they, they don't acknowledge it, but there's a figure in the background in the window. Now, the story goes, according to the internet, that this was a nine-year-old boy. It was his spirit. And he had killed himself in this house. Oh, hell no. With a shotgun. Oh. So if you watch that scene again, the first time they go by the window, you see a shotgun. When they go back... Ghost boy. What? Yeah. Wait, so he shot himself during the take? No, he had lived in this house, apparently. Okay. And then it got rented out to the film after the family mourned and relocated. So so we've got we've got a ghost child as well as a ghost gun. We're now venturing into <laughs> inanimate ghost objects. And it's a ghost gun that forms into a ghost child. So <gasps> transformations. Animorph. <laughs> oh. That that scares the shit out of me, those Transformers. <laughs> Guns in disguise. <laughs> Please, let's move on. <laughs> anyway, apparently the mother of this child saw the film and either sued the fam- the company that made it, Disney, or went to an insane asylum. Unclear. Hmm. Either Definitely one. one of those two. Those are the two <laughs> options. It's the if or or of that, yes. Um, but in reality, it was actually a cutout of Ted Danson. What? Which appears, again, like the Munchkin one, there's proof elsewhere in the film. There's a cut out of Ted Danson in the house, in the apartment, by the window, that's in the film several times, and... Wait, so you dangled a ghost in front of us, and then you just ripped it away? Yes. Well, yes. well uh, uh, unless they digitally added in the cutout after to that cover their be tracks. Ooh. <gasps> because they were caught red-handed with a ghost. Is that common in cinema? Yes. Did that happen in anything this year? I say, I say it did. I think that's what The Shape of Water is about. I mean, they edited out, edited out Army Hammer's balls and calling by your name. When? <laughs> you don't hear about this? No. Yeah, no, they literally had to like digitally like remove because his shorts were so tight. Why would they do that? Many people were paid to do that job. You're right. They are proud I Americans. I would gladly <laughs> accept a pay- paycheck. I would, <laughs> except I would have made it like bigger. <laughs> like giant pendulous thunderous scrotum. Thank Moving you. On. All right. So this one is probably one you haven't heard of, but it comes from my other than horror favorite film series, the James Bond series. Nice. Oh, okay. Now, I have to get us into this one a little with the plot, and as it is a Bond movie, the plot makes no sense. Okay. So I'm just going to jump to the third act. Nice. So James Bond is pursuing a Mexican drug cartel in Mexico. What film is this? This is License to Kill. I've seen this. With Timothy Dalton. Yes. Uh, 80s James Bond film, so it's all about the drug cartels. Now, Bond is pursuing a drug cartel who has tanker trucks that have gasoline in them, which is actually cocaine, but is being turned into gasoline to smuggle to then be turned back into cocaine. That old process. Sure. Um, And one by one, he takes out the trucks, blows them up, saves the day. So at the end of the movie, he's got the villain 
who's covered in gasoline near one of these tankers, lights them on fire with a lighter. Guy goes up, tanker goes up, Bond runs away, scurries to safety. Now, they film this whole movie on location in Mexico, and I guess the area, I have the name here, I'm going to attempt to pronounce it, Romarosa. I'm sorry, pronounce it badly because that's our brand. Okay. That's Bailey's brand. (laughs) Uh, It was a mountainous, dangerous road in this area of Mexico they were filming and was closed to the public because it had so many accidents. People died there. A busload of nuns exploded. Oh. Were they meowing nuns? (laughs) You know, they didn't talk about that in the documentary, so we'll say that's unconfirmed, but... Okay, just want to... Yeah. Sure. But yes, the, the crew themselves encountered many spooky things happening during this... Uh, they once had their tanker trucks that were using this movie. They would move on their own at night. And one night one combust into flames just because. There were also, uh, they were shooting bazooka rockets. Sure. And one of their bazooka rockets hit a man two and a half miles away on a telephone pole. Oh. Oh. Nice shot. Yeah, sorry to that guy. <laughs> but the the spookiest spookiest thing that happened on this set is in that final explosion where James Bond is running away from the exploding trucks. They shot it with four cameras and all of the cameras did not capture what one still photographer on set captured. There was a huge explosion and in this photograph, which I've given you guys to check out, there seems to be a, like a, a monstrous claw, some sort of hand of fire coming out towards James Bond. What? It's not in the film. But it was ca- captured in like a still image on set. Okay, but why if you accidentally covered, you accidentally found like an incredible special effect that you didn't have to pay for and they were like, cut that out. We I don't, don't think, want it, I don't think they got it on film. Okay. I don't think the movie was ready for that kind of supernatural element. Mm. They're saving that one. But it, it happened that way. Very nice. <laughs> Chris? No, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking... Um, like, I'll, and I'm just like going through the Rolodex of all the different like haunted on set stories I've heard. Oh, like, there's many, especially when horror and spooks are involved in the movies. The Exorcist, mm-hmm. The Omen. Everyone seems to die when they make those movies. Poltergeist. Poltergeist. Literally, everyone yeah. died. Yeah, I heard. I definitely have heard like with The Exorcist that the girl who played that role mm-hmm. was actually in like a lot of physical pain frequently. And yes, that she was harming herself on that bed. Linda that Blair. she was. Yeah, she yeah. was kept in extremely cold conditions. Yes, because they wanted the breath on film. So they filmed it, I believe they built it in a th- freezer. So they shot all that movie oh, in a freezer. that's comfortable. Yeah. And then um, The Shining as well, right? Because, well, I've heard Shelley Duvall was put mm-hmm. through incredible, like, mental... Torture. Torture. Yes. And, and w- meanwhile, the boy who played Danny thought it was like a comedy. They, like, mm-hmm. kept him away from all the actually scary scenes. So he was just like, do-do-do, I'm just, like, rolling around on my... Little bike, and then probably as an adult saw the movie later and was like, "Oh, <laughs> elevator full of blood." And then there's also, um, I don't know if it ended up getting released, but the Twilight Zone. Right, um, I thought about bringing that yeah. up. Yeah, there. Do you know this story, Bailey? No. Well, this is tell it. Well, the Twilight Zone, the movie, is actually the best idea for a movie ever. Take the Twilight Zone, the anthology series, and give each segment to like the hottest director of its time. So it was Spielberg. Joe Dante, who did Gremlins, George Miller, who did the Mad Max movies, and John Landis, who Animal House, American Werewolf. And they were they were all going to do a segment. And John Landis, in making his, it was about like a bigoted racist man who had to go through different parts of history. He was like bouncing through time, and he was 
in the position of a black person during reconstruction or like a Jewish person in Germany on the eve of world war two. And he like betters himself through experiencing all these things. One of the segments they had filmed was going to be in Vietnam and he was going to rescue two Vietnamese children from like some sort of battle. And uh, in this battle, they were being chased by a helicopter. He was carrying them across the water. Now, as you would probably guess, being common sense people, children are not allowed to work at night due mm-hmm. to child labor laws. And this film was to be shot at night. So there was a bit of the under the table going on to begin with. So you have this actor and these two actual young children going through the water doing this stunt. There's explosions. There's helicopters. Now, one of these explosions went off and hit the helicopter. Oh. Which then careened into the water, decapitating these three people. What? Yeah. Kids? Yes, yes kids yeah, and an adult. All of them. That uh, actually happened? On camera. Yes. <gasps> yes, the, the video is on YouTube. I don't know why you'd watch it, but it's... Why? You, you, How don't, is it even... you don't see much. Yeah. How I mean, it's... It... It's because they were shooting it for the movie, so they had three or four different angles on it. But how is that even allowed to be online? I don't know. It was in a court case because there was a huge court case. So not actually like people pirating though. Okay, but then so what happened? Did like their families get compensation? I believe so because the the man's daughter was Jennifer Jason Lee, and she got some huge out of uh, out of court settlement for it, and it ruined the guy's career. John Landis, he hasn't really done much since that people. Talk about. So then the movie was never made? Oh, it was released. Uh, they That was the first part they shot of the movie, and then they made the rest of the movie. But, like, Steven Spielberg ended his friendship with the guy over it. It's did, they, did they still release that segment, though? I think they released it in some sort of... They, they do what they do now, where they edited the movie as much as they could with the footage. Like, I'm sure they did with the new Star Wars, where they did as much as they could. But there's a different. There's a big difference, obviously, though, between like Carrie Fisher passing right. away while in production versus mm-hmm. someone like three people being horribly killed right. during a shot of said production. Right. And like you hear terrible stories of stunt people dying in accidents. Not that stunt people are any less important than stars of films. Actually, probably mm-hmm. more important in a lot of ways. They do. They do the Lord's work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But they like kind of a little bit know what they're getting themselves into right. when you're a stunt person. Like there's obviously some risk associated with that. And I know that kind of thing happens. But when you're just like a child actor who doesn't know that they're even putting themselves in danger and the people mm-hmm. who are supposed to be protecting them clearly aren't doing their job adequately. I don't even know how that happens, though. I mean, obviously, it was a freak accident. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. still, I don't know if that would happen now. I feel like the world of movies might be a little... I think that they just I, either they wouldn't release it or they would like, I mean, as we know now with recent events, people just reshoot films with new actors. Right, and that's very true. Also, LOL to Christopher Plummer getting an Oscar nom for a role that for he like plays Kevin Spacey. Days of work. I haven't seen the film. I, I don't either. know. Like, <laughs> well, shocking. I mean, <laughs> but let's talk about it anyway. I have no doubt that Michelle Williams is probably killing it in that movie, and I've read multiple articles now that she's the one who deserved the nomination. But whatever. Um, Gotta give it to Meryl. Well, Poltergeist, there, I'm... The Don, Dominic Dunn died? Yeah, Dominique Dunn. The she girl, was murdered by her... Boyfriend. Boyfriend. Um, the girl played Carol Ann died, and then the woman who played the medium... No, she's... She lived a long time. But she died eventually. <laughs> <laughs> no, but there was... I think it was after this, the release of Poltergeist, I think there were like four or five like on-set or related deaths. Yes. Um... 
obviously did not prepare this. And is, wasn't it Poltergeist one where they have the shot when they're in the water and they're they're like skeletons that come up and they're actually yeah. real skeletons. Oh. They use human skeletons while filming. Again, I guess you could just do anything as a director in the 80s. Yeah, the 80s were just like... The cocaine was flowing, yeah. put the skeletons in the pool. It's probably the Cold War. People were just were like, eh, fuck it. <laughs> we'll be dead soon anyway. Exactly. Before you go, I feel like we should talk about... Like, I want to know your thoughts on what you think the greatest horror movie of all time is. Ooh. Ooh. We it's, didn't ask you to prepare I know, this. This, this is, is an off-the-cuff question. I mean, there are definitely ones... Because I always think if I had to show a plebe, someone who had never seen a horror film... A plebe? plebe. <laughs> Showing plebes. Show them what's up. Showing the plebes what's up. Uh, if I had to show them a horror film, what would it be? And I don't know if it's easy to get it down to one, but there are a few. Uh, the Exorcist, which we mentioned a little mm-hmm. earlier, I think is a great film. It holds up. Yeah, it's yeah. it's it's a good movie even if you don't yeah. like horror movies. A lot. I feel like also a lot of seventies, eighties, or like just like classics, like something like Jaws. Mm-hmm. Still a very good film, but the whole thing is like, oh, when the shark comes, you're like, that's it. Yeah. Whereas like The Exorcist really, it's holds frightening up. to this yeah. day. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I'd say The Exorcist is definitely up there. Halloween which Love I know mm-hmm. big fans of is another one where someone who's modern could watch and be like, Oh, that's it. Cause it is a lot of buildup for a quick ending and maybe night of the living dead. You know, those mm. three strike me as different kinds of movies mm-hmm. that all really just still work really well. I mean, there are weird ones I would tell people to watch, you know, what's a weird one. Suspiria or something. Oh, oh. that's a good one. Yeah. But I'm not going to tell the, the plebs <laughs> to go for that one. <laughs> what would, if you all right, Bailey. If you had to oh, pick three, shit, I would probably also say The Exorcist. Mm-hmm. Um, I might say the. I mean, two horror movies that have legitimately really terrified me. One was probably because I watched it like freshman year of high school. Was The Ring? I really that was like the epitome of horror movies to mm-hmm. me for so many years, and. I really was terrified by Paranormal Activity because that's <laughs> mm-hmm. that's kind of my my favorite kind of horror movie is when there's not like there's not a lot of gore there's not a lot of anything over the top or a ton of blood or anything like that it's just like a slow build to mm-hmm. something really scary and you you're not exactly sure what it is and all that yeah I would have to go with. Also Halloween. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that it is probably one of the few horror franchises where only the first one is really good. <laughs> and then oh, it just next year we got I know we got a remake one. coming out soon. I mean, I actually do like the Rob Zombie remakes for what they are. Um but the the first one is just such a standout and it I think also similarly, I, I watched it when I was home alone mm-hmm. in the dark when I was twelve years old on like FX and I was traumatized. Even seeing like an edited version, although although the 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 full version isn't that gory actually at all. It, it would There's be PG no thirteen, yeah, oh uh, yeah. But it's so so simple and so sinister. So big fan of that. I also got to throw in, got to throw in Scream. Yeah, as soon as you took the mic, I wanted to erase everything I just said and only say Scream because Scream is it's great. my favorite. Yeah, it's so good and it really flips the script on the horror genre. And I think that when you're talking about showing the plebs, I've actually found that people who are friends of mine who don't love horror films really like scream because it, because it has horror elements and because it's also humorous and it's smart and it's well acted and well written and well directed. Like it has all the other things that you want in a good film besides just scares. 
Right. It definitely is a better cast. Most of the movies we talk about, Halloween's a great movie, but Jamie Lee Curtis is the only one you remember. Whereas well, Scream, you've yeah. got everybody's in that yep. from the 90s. <laughs> Courtney Cox and Scream what else 2 do even you more. Have Campbell and Rose McGowan and Skeet Ulrich. Um, the guy who Matthew played Lillard. Shaggy. Matthew Lillard. Yeah, Matthew Lillard. <laughs> um, and I, th- I think I have to round up my top three with, I don't even know if you, uh, maybe you don't consider this a horror film per se, but I got to go with Psycho. No, I yeah. do. Yeah. And that's the tough thing is what is the genre? Your podcast has the same kind of thing. Like what is, what is spooky? A lot of things could be spooky. Right. I mean, Get Out is a comedy according to the Golden Globes. Yeah. Indeed. What the, what the That fuck? was apparently a. Or a musical. That was <laughs> <laughs> true. I, apparently that was a ploy to give it a better chance of winning, which it didn't. But I think, I don't know that it was like the Golden Globes who said it was a comedy. I think they might have submitted it as such. Yeah, it's that foreign press, you know. Mm. They find weird things to be funny. No, but I think you make a good point that, you know, if we're talking about like, okay, like what is our top three? Like, I just I just listed three slasher films. I just right. happen to love slasher films. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what that says about me. But, uh, <laughs> but you could do top three ghost films. You could do top three uh, zombie films. Like, you, right. there, there is a, in which case you're opening up a lot of other possibilities. Mm-hmm. Top three alien films. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> what are your top three alien films, Bailey? I don't. I, she doesn't no, have any. We don't know. Have you seen The Fourth Kind? No. That's really good. Um, <laughs> I've seen Close Encounters of the Third Kind. That's good. That's a good movie. That is good. Should we have a little bitch session? We should. Andrew told us that he didn't have any complaints, which is weird. I may have one. Okay. I may have one. Do you want to go first? Sure. Okay. Uh, so... Over the holidays, it was bitterly cold. It was terrible. I don't know where you guys were for the holidays, but I was home. Florida. Yes. <laughs> Fuck off. Really. Having a tough life there. Uh, I was in Connecticut and Massachusetts, and I'm sure you've encountered... Connecticut has these weird rest areas that aren't really buildings. They're more just like a shack that mm-hmm. has like a couple... Like of along th- the Merritt Parkway? or On the Merritt, on I-90. There's just yeah, like... Yeah. Places you can stop. There's usually a soda machine and a candy machine, and you can go inside to pee. Oh, the like welcome centers that are only yes. open from eight thirty to three thirty. That's my complaint. Okay. Oh, <laughs> perfect. Just shot my wad on that. One. Shot your wad. Oh, I appreciate the assist. Um, so I went to one of these on the way home one night at like eleven p.m. and it's what ten degrees outside. For for no reason are these closed, but they do give you the option, the wonderful option of using a porta potty when it's ten degrees outside. No lights in these porta potties, no hand sanitizer in these porta potties, but they're there. That's how you get murdered. That's yes. (laughs) I I had a very similar experience when I was driving up to Boston. This was a this was a while ago, and I had to pee so bad, and to the point where I was like, should I just pull over and just let like when nature calls, you know? (laughs) Um, But I, I got to one of those those rest stops. And I was like, okay, well there has to be something. And I, of course I see there's a porta potty and I was like, fuck, whatever. I walk up to it. And so it's obviously pitch black out and the door swings open and there's this bright light in my face. And I was like, well, here comes death. <laughs> but it was like a, this guy who had like his like light on his, like his like flash on his phone yeah. on. And I just was like, I, there's not really anywhere going to the story. Just scared the shit out of me. And I was like, this is stupid. So basically, it's just a rest stop that's not open at night, which is when people would actually need to use it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Cool. That's helpful. <laughs> you go. Okay. Um, I I will make this as brief as I can because I could talk about this topic for literal hours, but I need to complain for just a second about weddings. 
in general. Um, Grant and I and Andrew probably are beginning to get to a point in our lives where people are choosing to marry other people. And that's fine. I'm happy for them. I wish them all the best. But the invitations are rolling in. I don't know. Like, I never anticipated. I'm not that nice to people. So I didn't anticipate really being invited to that many weddings. But they just keep coming in. There's family and friends. And then, like, my boyfriend's family and friends. And, I mean, we, we've we only had to go to a few per year so far. But I know it's only going to get worse. And I just... I don't really understand the entire industry and just how much it costs to plan a wedding and throw a wedding, but also how much it costs for people to attend it, to buy you gifts, to take days off of work and fly across the country and do this all the time. I mean, I know it's a joyous occasion, as I've said, but I was just invited to a wedding that's on a Friday at three. Is that a thing? I'm assuming you will not be attending that wedding. Well, I mean, it's just like expecting everyone who's coming to your wedding will take that day off of work to be in a church in the middle of the afternoon. Like that's something I don't get it. Yeah. I, I think weddings are nice. I love seeing that people are getting married, but um, yeah, I, after I attended two weddings this past year and I was like, I'm good for another like three years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now in your what I mean, how many, I don't know how many weddings you've been to recently, Bailey. I've been into this year as well. And have you ever been to a wedding where they make you pay for your drinks at the wedding? When they don't have an open bar? Yeah. Hell, I, yeah. I have a lot of thoughts about this. Please tell, please. Because I think, sorry if I'm offending anyone, except, nope, I'm not sorry. If you have a cash bar, you are fucking tacky. <laughs> and you are cheap. You're and you trash. Sh- I mean, some people are paying for their own weddings and they don't have like right. their parents paying for it for them. So, But this I, was a cash bar for Budweiser and $5 for Coca-Cola. Okay, because like I've been to weddings where they only serve beer and wine and that's open bar. Like if you wanted to access the full bar, you have to pay for that. Like that I get. But most people who are coming to weddings, a lot of people are coming from out of town. They have to pay for hotels. There's mm-hmm. some people are like renting tuxes or dresses or like whatnot. Like you, you, you should treat your guests well or maybe like don't invite as many people or yeah. like spend less money on like tablecloths. I don't know. Yes. Let people get drunk. Exactly. <laughs> yes. That's the moral of today. I actually heard a story about someone who was, when they were told um, that the wedding was going to be like $100 per head, she thought, oh, great. So we're going to charge people $100 to come. And I was like, nope. Excuse me? That's not how that works. Wow. Is it my turn to complain? Mm-hmm. I, need to, I need to settle in for this one. So this is a multi-layered complaint because it just, you'll see. So the other night I had the utmost pleasure of attending uh, Chicago on Broadway. That is my first complaint. <laughs> Andrew perked up like <laughs> he was a puppy. Used to sell concessions at that show. Did you really? Yes. They um, the wine. Yes, they were. They were like oh, pounding the pavement. It, it's hard. like a rock concert. Yeah, show. they were like red wine, white. I mean, obviously, they're like red wine or white wine. The only <laughs> two flavors of wine. Um, but <laughs> no rosé here. Did you get a chance to watch the show when you? Yes, I did. On a scale of one to atrocious, where would you put it? There were some actual Broadway people in it when I saw it, so I would put it in the middle somewhere. I thought it was so bad. Like, it was was entertaining because it's a great show, it has a lot of Mm -hmm. fun music, but don't be fooled if you've seen the film, which is A+, that the musical has really any plot. It just, like, rolls right into, like, one song into the next Mm -hmm. and, like... Really flimsy. Was what what theater is that now? It's the Ambassador, which is had it been in a previous theater and moved. Yes, this is 
a small enough theater that they can stay in forever. Very small theater. Um, there was barely any stage space because the orchestra took up most of the stage, which mm-hmm. I which I do like. I think it's an interesting concept. But um, it was just a miraculous example of everyone phoning it in. No one was singing full out. No one was dancing full out. No one was really acting. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Low-key went just because Candy Burris from The Real Housewives of Atlanta was starring as Matron Mama Thornton. Morton? Morton. Morton. <laughs> I don't know who Thornton is. Um she was great because she was she's an actual singer. But um, so that's complaint number one that I actually went to that when I could have been watching RuPaul Drag Race All Stars instead. But the real complaint came. So I was sitting in my seats, which were very cramped. I'm a very tall person, but I was like, okay, whatever. I'm used to it. And, but there was a seat open next to me. Actually, the, the whole row was open. I was like, okay, like maybe no one will come. It was a Thursday night. This stream of drunk biddies proceed to come in and sit next to us. And I'm thinking, okay, like, whatever. Like, they're a little obnoxious, but... And then the girl sitting next to me taps me, and she said, she's like, I'm sorry, I'm a little drunk. And I was like, yes, I I can smell. <laughs> um, and she then proceeds to tell me that she has seen the movie, so she knows all the words, and she will be singing along with the show. Oh, hell no. Which she did. She... Not only did she sing along, she sang the wrong words at the wrong times. She then, middle of the production offered me an edible <laughs> are you kidding nope well, did first, you take it <laughs> no is this immersive <laughs> well first she was like do you smoke weed and i was like is this a trick question and then she proceeded to be like i have an edible if you want it and i was like i really don't because i'm pretty sure you're from staten island <laughs> apologies to the listeners Lane and Austin, I but uh, um mid mid-show, or as one refers to intermission, whenever watching a sports game, I was like, is it intermission yet? And people get mad at me. But during intermission, my boyfriend was like, oh, like, should we move seats? Like, do you want to, like, or we could even, like, leave. And I was like, honestly, based on how this show is just going on its own, like, I'm fine if this bitch is, like, chirping away in my ear because I'm not actually really paying that much attention. Although I wish I left because that act two, ooh, it's, it's a beast. It is. There yeah. is no no good songs in Act Two. You have to avoid the tourist trap shows on Broadway. I though. know. I uh, as I also sold at Phantom of the Opera, and we no. once had a man fall down fifteen rows of stairs because he was so shit faced before the show began. Oh, uh, so he came in. It was me. Got. <laughs> well, yeah, you know how he much you need tall. to drink at Phantom of the Opera. That banger. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's fucking hysterical. I saw uh, a lady once get kicked off a plane because she was too drunk before they took off. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, actually, they wouldn't that was let, they also, also Grant. Yeah, there was me. <laughs> um, they actually wouldn't even let her on the plane. We were flying to Vienna, and they were like, or we were flying to Vienna through Dublin, and they were like, you literally, we can't let you on because you were too drunk. 15 flights of stairs. Or, or wait, yes. no. 15. And those are, you've seen those theaters. They can yeah. be steep. Oh, yeah. So That's impressive. He hit a man who had had brain surgery the week before. <gasps> what? What? That's the real, real question is why are you seeing Phantom after your How do you know surgery? this? People talk. Oh, well. <laughs> People in theater. Small world. Well, is that about it? I think that's about it. Thank you, Andrew, for coming in and well, hanging out with us. It's pleasure to be here with you guys. Uh, as always, please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. And you can find us on Instagram and through your email at rwfpodcast and rwfpodcast at gmail.com, respectively. Uh... Bye, bitches. Bye, bitches. Oh, we just had a rush for that mic. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>